Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Today we come to one of the singular most amazing passages in the entire Bible. We come to the passage in the Old Testament, and again, we hopefully you have seen as we've been reading, starting in Genesis, now getting into Isaiah and more prophets ahead. Hopefully you see the gospel and you see things pointing forward to Jesus Christ all over the place. But if you had to talk to me about even Jesus saying things like, didn't you know that the Christ had to suffer in preaching the gospel from the Old Testament? If I could only have one passage to show the gospel to somebody, and even just the death that Christ would die, the the substitutionary nature of his sacrifice, if I could only have one passage to show that, it would be one that we read today in Isaiah 53. And as we think about this passage, hopefully the truth of it jumps out to us. Uh, But again, I I hope that we consider today, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to the amazing truth of what we see in this passage today? So let's start. We're reading Isaiah 51 through 53 uh, today. And as we do that, we're going to focus mostly on chapter 53 as it describes um, really this suffering servant who clearly is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It really starts at the end of chapter 52, this servant song. And let me start reading there in chapter 52, verse 13. It says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they see. And that which they have not heard, they understand. And so here it talks even about his appearance being marred. You think of just how he was beaten before the crucifixion. And I even love it as we've had... Come as Bible Church Treasure Valley, been going through the Gospel of John. Uh, Jesus loves, and, and John the Apostle uh, loves using that phrase of Jesus being lifted up as kind of this double entendre to him being lifted up on the cross, but also lifted up in exaltation and glory. And it's amazing to see even that phrase lifted up right here uh, in this servant psalm at the end of Isaiah 52. But then you get into Isaiah 53, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. I think that's very interesting. What did Jesus look like uh, physically? And I think it's, um, you know, from some of these passages I get a sense maybe he wasn't, you know, every picture Bible or something is going to try to make him look uh, probably good. Uh, Maybe he was just a very, very average looking guy. Then we really get into the kind of the meat of some of the interesting passage and even again, the substitutionary nature of what uh, he did. In verse three, he was despised and rejected by men, 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? So even there, you see, he was stricken for the transgression of my people. And you'll notice there's a lot of first person pronouns in what we just read. He was, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And then that is put on him. And even sometimes it's powerful to read this, replacing some of those R's and we's with me and my, right? Just to kind of make this even more personal. This, this is something we should all take personally. Jesus Christ bore my griefs and carried my sorrows, but he was stricken, smitten, and afflicted. He was pierced for my transgressions and crushed for my iniquities. It's a shame that many Jewish people do not see what Isaiah 53 is clearly talking about, but do you? Do you clearly see what it's talking about? And do you take it personally? Do you realize we're talking about your sin that Jesus took if your faith is in Christ? So I I want us to, to really think through this passage and to, again, just be amazed at what Jesus did for us. That he took, as we sing often, our sins and our sorrows. He made them his very own. And he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And I hope you are encouraged in just thinking through that again as we read through this passage in Isaiah 53. Now, let's consider again the theme I want us to dwell on today is how are you going to respond to that? And let's look at some of the immediate response as we look at Luke 23, verses 44 through 56. Here, we're going to see Jesus die, and we see some of the immediate response. It talks about the darkness that comes upon the earth. It mentions Jesus crying out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he breathes his last. And notice, immediate reaction, verse 47. Now, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly, this man was innocent. And since I'm studying and preaching through uh, the Gospel of John right now, especially the arrest of Christ and all the trials of Christ, I'm so curious how much of this was that centurion involved in. And and the answer is we don't know. I, I, I don't want us to be too creative here? Uh, Was he just involved in the crucifixion? Possibly. I mean, surely there was enough for him to see there to come to this conclusion. 
was he one of the ones who had been knocked over the night before when Jesus said, who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And they all fell over. I, I, I don't know. But whatever he had seen, it was enough for him to know this man was innocent. And for what we see from the other gospels, it was enough for him to know this is the son of God. So there we see a response. Have you come to that response? Then we also see uh, this man named Joseph of Arimathea. And he was a good and righteous man. He had not consented to the decision of the council. And he comes and asks for the body of Christ. I do think it's very possible that, that, that he was putting himself out there. Being a member of the council, asking for the body of Christ. I, I don't know that that would be looked on favorably from everyone else. And so I think there's a boldness in what he does. So even as we think about what Christ has done for us, is there a boldness in our response? Uh, are, are we confident to identify with Christ and say, I'm with, with him? Uh, and that should be the right response as we consider this one who bore our griefs and our sorrows. In other ways, we think about how do you respond? We want to look at the end of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 39. And look how that starts. It says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, that is an amazing statement, and it's something we need to think through carefully uh, because it's so strong that sometimes it it can make us think, I mean, probably all of us, if you're listening to this podcast and you have been a Christian for any length of time, there has come a point where you have sinned, I guess you could say deliberately, where you've done something that you knew was wrong, but you chose to do it anyway. And just thinking through that, this can be a terrifying passage. Well, I've sinned deliberately. Does that mean there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins? And I do think when you consider the whole of the book of Hebrews, I think he's not just talking about an isolated sin, but really the the sin that we've seen him warn them against of falling away, of ultimately rejecting Christ. And that, if if you have claimed to be a Christian, right, you understand the gospel, but you choose, no, I'm rejecting Christ, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. And that's where we need to be repentant of our sin. If if you are truly repentant of sin that you commit, even as a Christian, you're not turning away from Christ. You're turning again to Christ. But for those of you that maybe feel like your faith is, is teetering, kind of on the edge, and you're wondering about, should I throw in the towel of this Christian life? Is this not worth it? Well, I I want to encourage you uh, really to to think through the warning of this passage. Obviously, there are verses that encourage us, that remind us of how good God is, and that should be something. I hope you would remember that God is so much better than what you're thinking about throwing in the towel for. No, God is way better than that. He is glorious. He is good. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. But there also is the warning of this passage. 
If you reject Christ, if you walk away from him, God is saying to you, vengeance is mine, I will repay. God is saying to you, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Those are strong words and strong words that we should not ignore in those moments when we're tempted to do something we know we shouldn't do. And even more than that, really to walk away from Christ, to walk away from the faith. Uh, There should be a a real and righteous fear in our hearts that to do such a thing will bring about the wrath of God. And that's where let's let these warning passages of Hebrews have their full effect. How are you going to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ? We see kind of a positive example that I think it might be helpful for us to end on in Psalm 116 as we look at verses 1 through 9. And this really is a psalm of thanksgiving. It starts off, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. And then he describes really his deliverance. And in verse eight, he says, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. If you have put your faith in Christ, if you know, hey, he bore my sins and my sorrows, this is what I want you to think about today, that God has delivered my soul from death. I don't have to fear the wrath of God because God has delivered me from it. And so now I want to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And hopefully as we consider all that Christ has done for us, our hearts can be filled with that thanksgiving as we respond to the good news of the gospel today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.